name is Matt Dawson and welcome to Ortho Science Bites. Today I'm joined by Tony Casina to help us discuss a topic which will take several podcasts to complete, RHD and all of its complexity. So, hello, Tony. Thank you for joining us today. And if you could tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Matt. Hi, everyone. For those of you who do not know me, I've been involved with transfusion medicine as a blood banker and immunohematologist for a little over 40 years. There have been many advances and innovations in the immunohematology world that have occurred over those years. Many of those will be discussed during these podcasts. Great. Thanks. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about the weak D test, why it's appropriate for donors or some patients with RHD negative blood type to have additional confirmation tests or the weak D test and why that's clinically relevant. So Tony, first, can you take us on a journey through this complex uh, and the history of this complex blood system? It all started in 1939 when Levine and Stetson discovered in a mother who had a stillborn child and a subsequent transfusion reaction when transfused with blood from her husband, the presence of an antibody. That antibody reacted with about 80% of human red cells tested. A year later, Landsteiner and Wiener developed an antibody in rabbit and guinea pigs by injecting rhesus monkey cells into them. This antibody reacted with about 85% of human red cells tested and was given the name anti-RH. About two years later, it was identified that these two antibodies were actually detecting different red cell antigens. Dr. Philip Levine suggested that the antigen detected by the rhesus antibody be named LW after Dr. Landsteiner and Dr. Wiener. So the name given to the human antibody RH was irreversibly fixed as the scientific literature was littered with the RH name. Then the expansion of the RH system started with further discovery of additional antigens in the RH system and the rise of the Fisher race nomenclature, naming the RH antigen as D. Interesting. Do you know why it's called weak D? Well, Matt, Stratton later found that not all anti-D reacted with some RHD individuals. In fact, some did not react until the use of the antiglobulin test. This observation resulted in the now out-of-date terminology of DU. The concept of the DU antigen was later dispelled and the changes at the D gene level identified as responsible for the weakened expression of the D antigen. So what is the purpose of the weak D test? Weak D serves two purposes. First, it describes the test that is done when an anti-D reagent is negative on direct testing and then incubated at 37 degrees centigrade and converted to the antiglobulin test to detect the presence of the D antigen, therefore called the weak D test. Weak D is also used to describe the red cell with a low copy number of D antigen expression compared to what is normally expressed. As many of you know, the terminology DU is no longer considered valid. As of 1992, there was a terminology change to move to weak D by ISIT and others. So now we say the red cell with this weakened expression is a weak D cell. Just one additional comment about terminology. You will occasionally see the terminology expressed as D variant. I consider this a term encompassing both weak D and partial D 
We will talk more during a later podcast about partial D and how the, that differs from weak D. Thanks. So from a kind of conceptual standpoint, can you kind of walk us through the experience of what the concept of weak D would be like? I cannot lay claim to the concept I'm going to use, but a good friend, Sue Johnson from Versity, Wisconsin Blood Center, came up with the idea of Reese's Pieces after the Reese's Pieces candy. So consider this analogy on a large plate, which represents the red cell, place equal numbers of the yellow, orange, and brown Reese's Pieces, which will represent all parts of the D antigen and be sure they are distributed in equal spacing patterns of the different colors, completely covering the plate surface. Now consider your hand, the antibody in your reagent. Close your eyes and reach down with your thumb and finger and pick up a rhesus piece. This should be pretty easy to accomplish. This represents the presence of the D antigen at what is considered normal expression quantitatively and detectable by direct testing with anti-D reagents. Keep in mind, normal D antigen expression generally ranges from 5,000 to 30,000 epitopes per cell versus 70 to 4,000 for what is considered weak D. Now take and remove 80% of the rhesus pieces equally over the surface of the plate equal amounts of the orange, yellow, and brown pieces equally spaced. The remaining pieces now represent the lower copy number of D antigen expression. Now close your eyes and try and pick up a rhesus piece from the plate, which has 80% fewer pieces. It is highly likely that now your attempt to pick up a rhesus piece will result in failure to do so and therefore represents a negative direct test. Now consider the antiglobin reagent as having your eyes wide open and able to guide your ability to detect the rhesus pieces. This is equivalent to the weak D test. You are now able to detect a smaller number of D antigen sites. Okay, that's really interesting. So now that we kind of have an idea of what weak D is, can you give us a little more detail about the weak D test itself? The anti-D reagent that qualifies for weak D tests will have an IgG anti-D component so that the anti-human globulin reagent can detect the presence of anti-D on the red cell when a smaller amount of D antigen is expressed. Be sure to know your reagent and read the instructions for use for claims about use in a weak D test. Most of the weak D phenotypes fit into one of the following categories, weak D type 1, 2, 3, or 4.0 or 4.1. There are more than 155 weak D types as defined by RHD genotyping. I refer you to the Rhesus database at www.rhesusbase.info for all the details. Okay, so how do these weak D types actually arise? It all starts, of course, at the DNA level, which then dictates changes in the amino acids in the protein expressed. The RH protein consists of 417 amino acids. The protein passes through the red cell membrane 12 times, beginning and ending in the intracellular membrane. There are six extracellular loops 
in the protein, changes in the amino acids present intracellularly and within the membrane typically are responsible for quantitative changes on the red cell with lower copy numbers expressed. Okay. So as we're approaching the end of the podcast, you've explained what weak D is, how it arises, how we detect it. So let's talk a bit about why it's clinically relevant and important to understand. Well, Matt, it is well known that the D antigen can elicit an immune response that has clinical impact on patients and newborns. With that potential in mind, there are two situations when a weak D test is necessary. In donors who have initially tested Rh negative, a weak D test is necessary to detect the presence of RHD antigen on the donor red cells and must be labeled as Rh positive. These weak D positive cells would then be transfused to Rh positive patients. The weak D test is required as well on babies who type Rh negative initially and are born to mothers who are Rh negative. This, of course, is important to assure that if the baby is weak D positive, the mother is appropriately treated with Rh and immunoglobulin. Of course, the baby should be treated as Rh negative for transfusion purposes. On occasion, there's another reason to do weak D testing as it relates to seeing discrepancies seen in testing. This is often more evident when a patient who has previously tested as being Rh positive and now is testing negative to the historical test. The opposite situation can occur as well. There are several reasons why this might occur related to reagents used and testing techniques, and it is certainly an important consideration when trying to resolve D-typing discrepancies. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thanks a lot, Tony. So as everyone can see, the weak D is only a small part of the RH story. There is a lot more to discuss around RHD, such as topics of partial D, and other discrepancies that we'll address in future OrthoScience Bites. So, Tony, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us and to share your expertise. I really hope you enjoyed the discussion about Week D, why it's appropriate for donors and some patients with RHD-negative blood type to have additional confirmation tests, the Week D test, and why it's clinically relevant. So please make sure to review this section within our podcast description for extra reading materials that we've suggested in the reference list. Hey, based on this podcast, I'll leave you with our pop quiz of the day. Do you remember how many weak D types exist and have been documented? So thank you again for listening. Please subscribe to OrthoScience Bites, our monthly podcast, where we will be discussing more complex questions that we face every day in our labs. Brought to you by OrthoClinical Diagnostics, pioneering advances in diagnostics for 75 years, because every test is a life. Take care and stay safe.